Thank you so much. Just put all my stuff down here. How is everybody this morning? Are we good? It's good to be back. Hey, it's good to be in God's house. It's good to be in His presence. It's good to be amongst friends. Uh, welcome to our online as well. It's good to have you guys with us. Um, I just we had an incredible time away. I kept pinching myself. It's like, uh, am I sure I have nothing on? No events to run. No services to run. No meetings to be had. No people to catch up with. Um, I thought, could this really be true for six weeks in a row? Um, but God has been good and we uh, had an absolutely incredible time. Thank you to Pastor Del for overseeing the church. She did an incredible job. Um, and along with our board members and our department leaders helped carrying the weight. Thank you so much. And of course to all our teams. We could not do what we do here at Everyday Ch Church without our volunteers. So I want to say thank you so much to our volunteers. Hey, Yeah, put your hands together. Pat yourselves on the back. Um, but it is really good to be back and I'm super excited um, for our building, you know. It's not just about a building. I know Pastor Jacob's excited about those grey, ugly walls. Uh, but it's about establishing ourselves within a community, isn't it? And there's so many people we need to reach for Jesus, to introduce to Jesus Christ that they can come to heaven with us. The more the better, right? We've got a party, hey, in the mansion. Amen. And uh, so before we get into the word, I just want to highlight a couple of things that are happening uh, amongst our community and how we're going to be a part of it. Um, so Christmas is fast approaching, as you know, and uh, we've got two of our biggest outreach services coming up. We've got our family Christmas service and our one-hour Christmas Eve service. And I'm really believing that many will come and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm really believing that invitations will go out and people will come in and hear the gospel and enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and so I'm believing for us all to be extending invitations so if you start thinking about that um, and start praying about that pray for your family members pray for your colleagues your neighbors etc um, and so on top of that who's heard of Dadbury has anyone heard of Dadbury yeah so Dadbury is a community of dads within the suburb of Padbury Dadbury Padbury got it right and, uh, and so basically they, um, they just go and do backyard blitzes or repairs or whatever needs doing for those that can't do it themselves, the vulnerable, the single, the widows, whoever it may be, they just go and serve our community. And so what Dadbury are doing is they are wanting to donate skateboards to an organisation called Fostering Hope Australia, uh, which is based in Wangara, and they oversee foster kids. And so Fostering Hope are having a Christmas party with 300 plus uh, foster kids going to that party. And so Dadbury want to donate uh, skateboards as gifts to the kids, whether you think that's a good idea or not. You know, you think broken bones, legs, I don't know. But kids love skateboards, right? And uh, so what we're doing as a church, we're going to help Dadbury's mission by donating 10 skateboards to Dadbury uh, so they can help Fostering Hope. But I thought also, so thanks to our tithers for that, by the way, because that comes from our tithing account. Uh, but also I thought we could do something further. And so I actually got in touch personally with Fostering Hope and they said they need many more gifts for these kids. And I said, well, what do you need? What, are you, what, what, what is it they actually want? And so what they're asking for is $30 gift cards. And so I think the, ho the thought is, is that they keep the presents even. So I think they, they uh, you, know, you know how kids compare. If you got that, I got this. So I think that's the thought behind that. So if we can, in the month of November, if you can, if you can bring in a $30 gift card, one, two, three or four, however many you can afford, and we'll collect them through the month of November, 
and then I'll personally deliver it to Fostering Hope um, in Wangara. Does that sound all right? And so that's um, a way that we can contribute and help out with those that are already doing absolutely uh, amazing things in our community. Now, the gift card can be from anywhere. Um, so whether it's Target, uh, is there Targets anymore? Kmart, Big W, Rebel, uh, wherever you like to get the gift card from, that'll be awesome. Um, so as mentioned, we're kicking off a three-week series today called Overflow. Um, so I'm going to kick off today and just lay the foundation and then Pastor Jacob's going to come next week and build on it. And then in the third week, we're going to come and wrap up. But in the third week also, we're going to have an opportunity to give into our Soul Focus box. Now, for those that don't know what our Soul Focus box is, is in this box, if you look in it, there's heaps of names. And they're names of family members, names of neighbours, names of colleagues, of people that we're believing to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we're going to have an opportunity to add to this box and, and we pray over this box, our leadership team, our prayer network, etc. And we're going to keep praying uh, for our soul focus box. Sound good? Also, before I get started, I swear I'm going to get into the word in a minute. But all this is important. I haven't been around for a little while. Um, I want to promote two books. And so much of what I'm sharing today has been inspired by these two books, basically. And so um, our whole leadership core is reading this book at the moment. So how to talk about Jesus without being that guy. Yeah? Because um, we're all called to share Jesus, right? But then we don't want to be that guy. You know that guy that I'm talking about? We'll get into it in a minute. Um, and so if you think, well, I don't know how to share Jesus, grab this book. So our leadership core reading it at the moment. We've got a couple of copies, not many actually, so get down there quick when the service ends um, and you can grab yourself a copy. And then the other book that I wanted to promote is um, Contagious Faith. And so this is Discover Your Natural Style for Sharing Jesus with Others. And so they talks about five different styles and it's so interesting. If you went to growth group this week, you would have done a little questionnaire or um, survey or whatever you want to call it and you would have found out your natural style. And, uh, and I found out mine and, and I guess it makes sense and even Jacob's makes sense as well. Like We've got different styles in sharing Jesus. And so our growth groups are actually doing this curriculum, so they're doing this study. And so if you're in a growth group and you want to delve further, then grab this book. It's down the back there. Uh, Pastor Adele so kindly went to Pirong and grabbed some copies. Um, or if you're not in a growth group for whatever reason and you don't want to get left behind, because none of us want to get left behind, right? Uh, grab a copy. Is that all right? And also, if you did miss growth group this week, I've got some, um, some little, the surveys that I'm talking about just on the floor here. If you think, hey, I miss group for whatever reason, but I want to find out what my natural style is, um, then you can grab a copy of that and do it and find out yourself. Because it's good to, to be self-aware. It's good to know uh, what gifts God's given you, <coughs> what style he's given you, uh, so that you can be confident in that. Amen? All right. Jesus left us with an instruction before he left this earth. He left us with an instruction. And that is to go out into all the world and make disciples. You remember that one? The Great Commission. You know, reaching people for Christ is not our idea. It's God's idea. It's his idea. It's not the pastor's idea. It's not the church's idea. It is God's idea. And so Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And we're all sinners. Saved by the grace of God. He came to set the captives free. He came to save the lost. 
those without a shepherd who came to save us and he told us to go out and do the same, to model what he did on this earth. So if you're a Pentecostal believer in the room this morning or online, then you've been given a new assignment when you gave your heart to Jesus Christ. When you made him Lord of your life, you got given a new assignment. And uh, we get the absolute privilege of partnering with the God of the universe. Think about that for a minute. The God of the universe. We get the absolute privilege of partnering with him on mission. I mean, that's exciting. You guys here this morning? It's awesome. We get to partner with him. You know, for many years, for many, many years, I was searching for something except I didn't know what it was. And I searched in all the wrong places, drugs, alcohol, relationships, image, you name it, I was searching. I had no idea what I was searching for, but I knew it was something. I knew there was something missing inside of me. And so I was searching everywhere for this thing that I didn't ever know what it was until I found Jesus Christ. And when I found Jesus Christ, I thought to myself, I cannot believe he's the answer. And nobody has told me this until the age of 24. I couldn't believe he was the answer and I, hadn't, and I didn't know that he was the answer. And I tell you what, I vowed that day, I vowed that day that I'd always tell people about Jesus, that I would always tell people about Jesus. However, if I'm really honest with you, if I'm really honest with you, and you know I get honest up here and transparent and vulnerable, I haven't been as bold as I have in sharing Jesus as I was as bold as making that vow on that day. And something needs to change. Something needs to change. I'm the first to put my hand up. I need to change. God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me? What is it? You know the local church is the hope of the world? The hope of the world. And if you break that down even further, that means me and you because we're the church, right? That means we are the hope and light of the world. Us, you, me, Jacob as well, <laughs> to our friends, our neighbours, our colleagues, our family members, the hope and light to these people. It's a bit mind-blowing and almost overwhelming if you think about it, right? But that's what the Bible says. And we have to ask ourselves the question, when was the last time we invited someone to church to experience the love of Jesus Christ? Think about that for a moment. When was the last time you extended an invitation to someone to come into the house and experience and encounter the love of God? To feel his presence, to be touched by him, to enter, even have an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with him, to find restoration, to find healing, whatever it may be. When was the last time to find eternal life? Or when was the last time we personally shared the gospel with someone? When was the last time we witnessed to them and said, this is what Jesus has done in my life? For some, it might be yesterday. For some, it may be Monday, who knows, or last week. But for some of us, it's been a little bit of a long time. But when was the last time? Don't tell me. You answer that question yourself because... For some of us, we have no problem doing this at all. Like we find it super easy. Uh, some of us have just done it this week. You know, I was speaking to Marjorie this week and she said how um, Marjorie is a congregation member, if you don't know. And uh, she was speaking how she was out 
and about. She tells me she's never met a stranger. You think about that. She's never met a stranger. And, uh, and she was telling me how she was out and about and she met some kids. And so I think there were three kids, but they were from a family of eight. And she just got chatting with them and she, um, and she gave them some money. She gave them $50, I think it was. And she said they were so happy and so blown away by this money that they got given. But not only did she do that, she said to them, she said, do you know that Jesus loves you? She said, Jesus has blessed me, so I want to bless you. How awesome is that? It wasn't just action, but it wasn't just words. It was action and words. And for some of us, that's so easy. For Marjorie, it's easy. She's never met a stranger. But sometimes for us introverts, you know, it's a little bit harder. You know, it's a little bit more overwhelming. It's a little bit more daunting to share the gospel, to introduce people to Jesus Christ. But you know what? That doesn't mean we don't do it. That doesn't mean we don't grow into it. That doesn't mean we don't step into it and learn. And, and these tools that are just, these books that I just promoted this morning, these things that are going to help us with that. For some of us, we're too busy. We haven't created enough margin or enough space within our schedules to stop and have that conversation, to stop and, um, and even being interrupted. You know, we can't, we don't have time to be interrupted. And I'm speaking for myself here as well. You know, I've been thinking about these things. So important. This mic, is this a, the mic okay? Yeah? All good? Yeah. You know, God didn't say if you feel comfortable or if you're an extrovert or if you have nothing else to do to go and make disciples. He said, go, all of us. In Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. You know, none of us would be sitting here today and have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ if it wasn't for the early church stepping out of their comfort zone. Imagine if they didn't step out of their comfort zone and begin to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We wouldn't, we wouldn't even know God. We wouldn't even be in relationship with him. So praise God that they did that. But God calls us to do the same for our generation. And it's not just for the elite Christians. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the preachers. But it's for every single believer. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. So the work of an evangelist is not just to evangelize, but to equip the church to evangelize, yeah? Sometimes we think, oh, that's just the gift of an evangelist. That's just their job. But that's not what we just read there. An evangelist equips us and teaches us to learn how to evangelize. Now, for some, evangelism is such a scary, scary word. I mean, what does it even mean? For some of us new to the faith, what does it mean? And in this book, Contagious Faith, it describes evangelism as overflow. And that's one of the best descriptions that I've ever heard of evangelism, overflow. And it's simply letting what we have in Jesus spill over into the lives of others. 
It's that simple. What we have in Jesus spilling over into the lives of others. You know, I was cooking spaghetti bolognese the other day. Does anyone cook spaghetti bolognese? No, you don't, Jakey. No. <laughs> I cook it. No, I'm kidding. I do it better, though. Um, anyway, well, maybe not when I tell this story, actually. I'm going to marinate. I got my sauce, um, what do you call it, saucy mint ratio wrong. So I had, and it was just bubbling and bubbling in my pot. And, but there was just too much in it. <laughs> Emma's like, come on, Mel. Lesson 101. But the pot couldn't contain it. And it started to spill over the sides onto my stovetop. Now, I know it's spaghetti bolognese, but do you know, that's what Jesus, that, that I'm trying to give him a bit of an analogy. I know I'm calling that spaghetti bolognese, but we need to be bubbling with the Spirit of God, hey? So much so that we cannot contain it, that it spills over into the lives and onto the lives of others. Our neighbours, our friends, our colleagues, people in the community, whoever it may be spilling over Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, spilling and bubbling over. We're so full of the Spirit. A bit like my pot of bolognese. Had a lot, lot of mess to clean up that night, or Jacob did because I cooked, and if you cook, the other one has to clean up. But that doesn't always work that way. Separate story. First question when it comes to personal evangelism is do people want what I have? Do people want what I have? Do I have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ? And that doesn't mean you have to be perfect. Don't cross yourself off the list just now because then we'll all be crossing ourselves off, me included. God used a donkey in the Bible. I'm sure he can use you and me, yeah? No? A little bit better than a donkey maybe? But do I have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ? I have something to aspire to. A healthy relationship with God looks like this. It's in Matthew 6.33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All things overflow from this. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Are we putting God first in our lives? Do our decisions that we make and the priorities we have reflect this? Does our bank account reflect this? Do our finances reflect this? Does our time spent reflect this? Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first his kingdom and his right. Let's make sure that what's spilling out of us is not of ourselves, right? It needs to be Jesus. Has to be. People need Jesus. They need the hope of the gospel. Amen. Uh, myself and Jacob went uh, met a couple recently at um, Greg and Suzanne's wedding. Um, so they're a couple from church here, if you don't know. And um, so we got seated at this table with this couple, and uh, we'd never met them before. So we sat down, introduced ourselves, got chatting. Uh, found out that they used to be pastors also, um, and now he's Kiong is an itinerant minister, 
and um, and he's actually coming in November to preach, um, which will be pretty awesome. But um, we began to share our stories, and um, and myself and Jacob shared how we came to Christ, how you know our story of how we came to Christ, and they shared their story of how they came to Christ. And you know what was so evident is myself and Jacob's story was we came from nothing, we came from drug addiction, we came from no income. We came from no assets. We met Jesus in a drug rehab. We had nothing to give. There was just nothing there. And, um, and their story was they came from money. They came from success. They came from living the high life. They came from, you know, what the world would consider success. You know, traveling around the world, et cetera, et cetera. But what was so evident is we both, all four of us, we arrived at the same place. And the same place was that we need Jesus, that there's something missing in our lives from this end or that end, myself. And it was just so evident as we shared our story. It was amazing, I think, for all four of us that Jesus, regardless of background, regardless of race, regardless of religion, regardless of success or no excess, everybody needs Jesus. He is the answer. Amen. And, you know, it may feel overwhelming and it may feel a little daunting. You know, you don't want to be that guy or girl. You don't want to be the Bible basher. You don't want to be that overbearing Christian. You don't want to be that pushy believer. I think most of us would think that, right? We don't want to be that person. You know, some of us may even criticize them. But let's not take it away from the even greater issue that perhaps for most of us, we're a little too fearful or we're a little too cautious to the point where we don't share our faith at all. Have we gone to the extreme? We're busy criticizing that overbearing, pushing believer. You know, they're only a fraction of the Christians, that group of people. We all probably know someone. There may be one or two in the room. I don't know. We've got to use wisdom, right? One of the styles is truth-telling, bold, direct, straight to the point, can't be bothered with small talk. I'm a little bit like that. We went out with a couple that we met on Friday night and, you know, I just, like, I just, it's just about Jesus. Whereas Jacob, his style is reason-giving, you know. I forgot what I was saying. The overbearing Christian, the pushy believer, but let's not go to the other extreme where we never share our faith at all, where we're too scared to, to say, hey, I know someone that can heal that sore back. Hey, let me pray for you. Hey, why don't you come to church? I think you'll love it. Hey, why don't you come to the breakfast that we're having next Saturday with the ladies? Hey, why don't you pray this prayer with me? Let's not ever be too fearful or too cautious because we're so scared of being that Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm sure you do. The good news is this. This is good news. This is good news for me because I'm growing and stepping out in this as much as you guys are, as much as our board, our leaders, our department and all of us that are doing our growth groups. And if you grab uh, a book today, the good news is, is that we don't have to do it in our own strength. 
because we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah? Um, the, Jesus said to the disciples when he, before he left this earth, he said, don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. Um, before you go out and witness, I want you to be my witnesses to the end of the earth, to the ends of the earth, Judea, Samaria, and the other place. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but just wait here because you need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus knew that the disciples couldn't do it in their own strength. They knew, because we all know what Peter was like, right? He was bold and direct, but, you know, it was one stage where Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. He didn't always get it right. But he needed the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew that, and so do we. We cannot do it in our own strength. That's the good news, though, because we're not reliant on ourselves. We're reliant on the Holy Spirit. We're reliant on the leading of the Holy Spirit, listening to the Holy Spirit's voice. When people come into your life, you know, they, they're not God's bringing them to you for a reason and being aware of that. Taking time to uh, listen to his voice is so key. Being in tune with what he's saying and that we trust that the, the words that we speak and the actions that we take, that, that the Holy Spirit will continue that on even after your conversation. And he'll do a work in that person's heart. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, we do our part, but their response is God's part, right? Only God can turn a heart. So we don't take on the full responsibility of their salvation. A person has to respond, right? There's free will. So, but we do it in Jesus. We do it in the Holy Spirit, amen? And we do it through the motive of love. Jesus' motive was love. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 that when Jesus saw the crowds that needed healing, when they saw that they needed restoration, when he saw that they were lost without a shepherd, the Bible says that he had compassion on them. He had compassion on them and he turned to his disciples and said this in Matthew chapter 9 verse 37, uh, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field god wants us to be compelled by love for people just as jesus was to step out of our comfort zones and through the power of the holy spirit share and minister the gospel of jesus christ extend an invitation whatever it may be to those around us you know in the parable of the wedding banquet that jesus told in matthew chapter 22 Jesus said to go out into the highways, to go out into the byways, to go out into the alleyways, to go out into the sideways and bring people in, tell them to come. Anyone that would listen, anyone that would like to come, tell them to come in, tell them to come. Matthew 22, 10 says, So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. You know, salvation is for those that are good as well as the bad. It's good and bad. It's for everyone. And we are those servants called to bring people to the banquet that Jesus has laid out. He's prepared a banquet 
for all those that would come. And the, the good news is, is it's free. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. He's paid the price. He died on the cross already for salvation, for forgiveness of sin, for freedom, for victory, for all those things, to take our shame, our guilt, everything. Everything. We can't do anything to earn it. We can't pay him back. We can't do anything of our own strength except simply come and believe. Receive and believe. The team can come up if they don't mind. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. The good and the bad. You know, think of that story where we, myself and Jacob, we found ourselves at the same table as those coming from one extreme of life, like myself and Jacob, coming from the other. They're in the gutter. They're living the high life. And we arrive at the same place. We both know Jesus. It doesn't matter what sphere. Sometimes we can look at people and think, oh, their life's working. No, I won't bother ministering the gospel over there. Hey, I'm not that. There's something missing. We all have that God-shaped hole, right? We all have that God-shaped hole that needs to be filled. And you'll be absolutely amazed as you start to commit to this, the people that God will begin to bring across your path. If you make a commitment, which I've made recently, you'll be amazed at those that God starts to bring across your path. And again, he's bringing them into your life for a reason. Yes, to be their friends, be there for them, but also to share the gospel because he wants them to know Jesus. They're his lost kids. He loves his found kids, but he wants his lost kids home. And he's asking us to partner with him on that. I think about um, Pastor Adele and um, how she got an invitation from one of her colleagues. So one of her, uh, who she works with when she was nursing, invited her to church. And uh, Adele accepted the invitation. People have to accept, right? But we trust that as long as we're extending invitations, we have to trust that, that God's working on people's hearts. And it's a process as well. Sometimes we come in at the start of the process and we don't see much happening. But that's okay. Just keep being obedient. Sometimes we come into the middle and, um, you know, things are moving along. And sometimes we come in right at the end and you can just, they're, they're ready. You just lead that person to Jesus Christ. Done. So you don't know what part of the process is that you're entering in. So don't ever give up. Keep going. Keep extending. Keep ministering. Keep witnessing. And so Adele's colleague invited her to church. So Adele went to church. She got saved. Her mum got saved after that. Rob got saved after that. Her brother got saved after that. Her two kids, her three kids, sorry, are growing up in church now. And this story doesn't end here. It continues on for the generations. Baptised. 
saved, set free. One of their children got baptised recently. Rob got Bob. Rob got baptised with us. From one simple invitation. One simple invitation. Imagine if we all brought a friend to church next week. Just imagine that for a second with me. We'd have to put out more chairs. There's plenty down the back there. We've got chairs. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, Greg. We'll come and help. We'll make more room. Push the sound desk back. There's plenty of room. But imagine what it will do for that one friend. Imagine eternal life for them and you get to be a part of that. Imagine restoration and healing and marriages restored and whatever else needs to happen in that person's life. Imagine that. How awesome is that, hey? You know, I really believe that, you know, for the past few years in this church, we've spent time just regrouping and building our leadership team um, and our, our teams, etc. But I really believe the next step for us is to really grab a hold of the Great Commission and personal evangelism. That's the next step for us. And we have to make that commitment, but not only make that commitment, just start doing it. We have to start doing it. That's what God's calling us to. I really believe that as a church, that's where we're at. You know, the word spoken of our church this year is that it'll be a year of expansion. A year of expansion. Let's continue to expand our thinking, expand our friendships, expand our growth, expand the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for who you are, Father God. I thank you for every single person in this room, Lord God. I thank you that um, you have called each of us, Father God. I pray that would make a commitment, Father, today to be aware of what you're doing outside of ourselves, Lord God. That first, that would seek first you, your kingdom and your righteousness and would be aware of other people's eternity too. That would be aware when you bring people into our lives, across our path, whatever it may be, Lord God. That would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to your calling, Father. And that would be obedient, Lord God. That we make that decision to partner with you. That we wouldn't disqualify ourselves and say, no, it's not for me, it's for someone else. God is calling you, each and every one of us. And we all have our different ways and different styles and he's given us unique giftings and strengths. But he still calls us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to extend an invitation to those that don't know you. Just as our heads are bowed, I just want to give um, anyone that's in the room or online an opportunity. If you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to give you an opportunity today. And it's a simple prayer as we read earlier in the scripture in Romans chapter 10. Just have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And so if there's anyone in this room that would like to pray that prayer, we're going to pray all together. Um, today's your day. Church, if you can follow after me. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. 
I also choose to accept the assignment that you have given me. I thank you for my unique gifts and talents and I commit them to you. Amen. Just with our heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, if you just want to lift your hand up in the air, if there's anyone in the room, I see that hand there. Fantastic decision. Is there anybody else? Anyone online, if you'd just like to comment and we'll get some resources to you. stand to your feet church if you'd like prayer for anything please come forward and we'll pray for you but why don't we worship our God and commit yourselves to him again thank you Jesus Jesus what a saviour what a father, what a friend, lifter of the lowly, God you meet me where I am, Jesus, what a Savior. 